no wriggle, no tests, no Muppets, or no curry. We're all about the busy mini golf season ahead on the podcast. I'm Tom, and I'm a competitive mini golfer? Of course I am. I blame Holy Moly and meeting Pat to credit with this in all of the best ways possible. I'm also half of a couple of putts with my wife, Robin. You can find all the mini golf designs, reviews, and more from myself, the pink putter, at a coupleofputs.com and on social media at coupleofputs. We have a new site of all of our mini golf hole and course design work at minigolfdesigners.com. And if you want to pick up some brand new merch from a couple of putts, we have minigolfgoods.com. And I'm Pat, co-founder of the Minigolf website and social media conglomerate, The Putting Penguin. For over 20 years, we've been doing miniature golf course reviews and trying to bring you the best mini-golf content from around the world. As Tom said, I'm also a competitive mini-golfer, and I'm looking forward to the really packed schedule we have coming up over the next couple of months. You can find all our Penguin fun by looking for Putting Penguin on all the socials. And while you're out there scrolling, don't forget to follow the PuttCast mini-accounts as well. Finally, if you're in love with our fine podcast, make sure you're liking, subscribing, and giving us a great review wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. And as you should know, this is the official podcast of the American Mini Golf Alliance, the AMA. Our organizer crew includes myself and Pat and a number of competitive mini golfers who are also Holy Moly alums. In general, we're just a bunch of mini golf enthusiasts organizing to bring together people passionate about the game. You can become a member for free at amaminigolf.com and I'll send you a membership card in the mail. And to top that off in the last week, We've added more merch. You're looking for polos. You're looking for baseball hats. You're looking for t-shirts. You're looking for hoodies. You can get them from us. And here's a tip. We are using a fulfillment service that does print on demand. And internationally, the prices for shipping are actually not that bad. So if you're overseas, you're looking for some sharp looking merch from the AMA. You might not have to spend all that much on shipping. So Hit us up and check out our site, amaminigolf.com. And you can putt when ready. And what are we here for today? Tournaments! It's the big, big tournament season, and we are thrilled to announce that the American Mini Golf Alliance is going to have the May Open as part of our 2022 season. I, for the first time, met a number of the main guys at the Odita tournament, as well as having met Justin playing putt 18 over the last year. There's a great competitive spirit with all the guys up in Maine. They just shared a video a couple weeks ago of a bunch of them playing about seven rounds across the day and did some live streaming stuff. They're a blast, and we're excited to have them on board as a white scoring tournament for the AMA. And I'm going to turn it over to Pat because Pat's actually played the course where the main open is happening. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Pat, and tell us about where they're playing. Yeah, so they're playing at Tabor's Restaurant, Driving Range, and Mini Golf, which is in Auburn, Maine. And while this is the eighth edition of the Maine Open, I've actually not played in this tournament. I have played in their first fall classic, which they held in 2020 as kind of a, another COVID tournament out there that we went to instead of going to the Masters that year due to everything that was going on at the time, and Maine was pretty safe. It is a Harris What's the course. date? 
<laughs> That's uh, the thing that's I forgot. Question. Yeah, we should probably tell people. August Well, 7th. first of all, you should go to AMA Mini Golf and <laughs> look at our God. events page because then you'd have the, the date. <laughs> but yes, it's August 7th. Uh, they always hold it the first Sunday of August, so easy to remember for future years. Um, it is a Harris course, so you kind of know what you're going to get when you go play there. It's absolutely stunning location. I'm sure it's beautiful in the summer, in the fall with the main foliage on the lake. It's it's a beautiful place to play mini golf. Definitely the top five places I've played a tournament in, in terms of scenery. The only problem with that course is it has metal cups. Boo. So the combination of the Harris bricks and the metals cups if you're shooting kind of the high 30s, that's a good score on that course because you don't have a lot of straight up ace opportunities. There's a few out there, but there's a lot more holes that will bite you uh, if you're because it's got some tough putts. You'll slide by. Um, I know our friend Highlighter when he played the spring fling, I think his low score was 37 or that might've been in the fall classic too, but that that's that like 36, 37 is about the lowest you'll consistently see. Um, you talked about the, the main mini golf organization, uh, Justin Pelletier started that up there. And that's really a great example of the, just this group of people who loved mini golf, their locations. It's kind of like maybe an hour and a half off the coast. So it's not really a super touristy area. It's not backwoods Maine either because you can get really backwards in Maine, but yeah, they, it was this little group that kind of coalesced around this mini golf location. There's a couple others in the area and started reaching out and connected with us and very quickly became part of the larger tournament ecosphere. And that's why we're just very excited that they mm -hmm. came on board as an AMA tournament. Cause it just really solidifies those relationships. Yeah. Check out Maine mini golf tour on Facebook I think if you go back a bit, you can see some videos and photos of the course at Tabor's where they'll be having the main open on August yep. 7th. And we got pictures in our review up at the Putting Penguin oh, yeah. site too. So you could check it out there. And shout out to Dan and I think his wife's Ellen. They are great owners, really, really friendly to players. Love that people come from out of town. I guess if you're not local to New England, it's probably a little bit of a pain to get to. You'd have to like fly into Portland and then that's probably like another hour and a half drive from there, but yeah, it's worth it. If you ever want to go to Maine, good lobster rolls. Yeah. And if, if you don't know what a Harris course is for some reason, you'll find out right away by taking a look online, you'll see the bricks, you'll see the way the turf plays and they don't always have metal cups, but they do sometimes. So that's the main mini golf tour and that's happening and not too long. And hopefully we'll even have a few additional updates about this and some other AMA tournaments. But our second AMA tournament in August is happening the next week. In New Jersey, we've got the O Street $1,000 tournament, and this is the fourth year of the tournament. Um, so I played in the second edition, which was another COVID. Um, it was the first time I'd like left my house to go somewhere in August of 2020 for one overnight stay. And I was like, hey, I'll go to New Jersey. Seems pretty safe to play a tournament. And lo and behold, I ended up winning the tournament. That was at Go Fish in Avalon that year. Won the tournament, set a course record, had the most amount of aces. So was pretty happy with that. 
Uh, we'll talk about the course it's on this year. It was, Tom will get to that. It's the same course we had it last year where Tom and I both played. And I will say did not repeat my success. And there is, I thought it was going to be an alligator that I was out to get revenge on. But this year there is a hippopotamus that, um, you know, I won't really do this. <laughs> but if this year turns out the same as next year, it may be missing or having some holes in it when I throw my putter through it. Yeah. I, I had good luck on that one, but it is a weird hole that if you get in a bad spot, your second putts are not going to be good. And the tournament that the course is going to be happening at is probably one of my favorite in the Jersey Shore overall, which is a huge area, which I found out last summer and going back to it. It's very big. Everything's really spread out. But it's tea time in Ocean City. It's a 20-hole course, but only 19 of the holes are played in the tournament the 20th hole is like a win a free game skill shot that I think you can get a hole in one on. And if your score is aiming or potentially getting you in a position where you could get the course record, then you can play it for fun or to win the free game. But otherwise, it's all about playing the 19 holes on it. And pretty much every hole has some sort of novelty effect. They all have the metal rims, which... Don't come into play too badly on it. Yeah, it's a lot less noticeable there than up at Tabor's. And some of the holes tend to funnel in a little bit. So if you get the right speed and you kind of get near the cup, the ball will go in. But, you know, the first hole you start off and you hit into this like spinning octopus thing. And if you get it in and unless you have really bad luck, you get your first hole in one right away, which is a nice confidence builder. There's a big giraffe. There's a big dinosaur. There's a big car with the Flintstones where there's sort of some like janky, probably not licensed <laughs> IP. There's Ferris wheels. There's water wheels. There's a twinkle, twinkle little star thing you shoot through. It's novelty kitsch at its best, probably built, I would bet, in the 70s, kept in great shape, and it's a fun course. It looks great. These are the kind of courses that I love to play, and there are going to be some competitive people that look at it and get frustrated because it's not all about consistency. There is going to be a lot of chance that's going to come into play near the top, but you have to make the shots. Yeah, say it's it looks like it should be a lot of chance, but compared to other... yeah similar style courses it's it's actually not like the hippo i i did not fail the hippo because i had bad bounces or like some weird thing no i just failed because i just i didn't hit it the right speed in the right location like that yeah that I, was it i kind of assumed i kind of assumed you had hit it right you just got bad luck oh no no i mean the second <laughs> the second round might have been bad luck the first round was was no that was just a really bad shot <laughs> but there's um, but there's the there's there's holes that there's alligator that's mouth opens and closes that there's a lot of things that can go wrong wrong pace hit a little too hard a little too soft you're hitting the first shot over and over and over again and it can be the death of your round like it was for my wife on the other hand that hole and a couple of the other holes, there's other paths. I know there's that big mm -hmm. one that's uphill towards the back nine where you can go. Oh, yeah, with the clock, yep. Yep, with the big clock that you can play it to the right and it's flat or you can play it uphill and it can come back on you. So there's a lot of strategy in thinking about how many risks you want to take on the course because, you know, my wife on the first round, she played the alligator, hit it in the mouth, 
Everybody else in my group did hole in one. I played the side route, missed a bad second putt. I got a three. Second time around, I got a two. My wife ended up having all sorts of problem with the alligators, got a five or five or six. It ended up working out on average that I won out, but I think the people that were in the top groups in the tournament, they went for the A shot. They got the A shot. So it's a it's a matter of like who's stringing together a really good round that day. And on that course, it can be five, six hole-in-ones in a row. And we should mention, because I don't even think we've mentioned it yet, this is the tournament put on by O Street Mini Golf, and Aaron Kaminsky is also one of the fellow founders and organizers with the American Mini Golf Alliance and runs the O Street League that you've probably seen. And the nice thing that he's done, you're wondering, well, I'm coming from out of town. How do I know how to play these holes? Aaron made an entire series of videos with our friend Biggie, who is also on Holy Moly, of every hole showing the A shot. I will say that most of those are probably the shots you want to take. I think in a few of those holes, you might not play it as aggressively as you would in those, but you can see that everything can be aced in some way, shape, or form. I would say the ones where you're kind of hitting it off like the foot of the giraffe, those are a lot less predictable over two Also rounds. not the way I aced that hole. Not that I aced it during the tournament. Again, bad shots. Yeah. Because there are other ways. But no, yeah, it's great that he did that. Um, trying to think. Main Mini Golf might have some video from Tabers as well. I know Justin was doing some stuff. So, I mean, we love doing that. I'm going to really try to do that for Matterhorn this year. Yeah. Too, if I can get some stuff down there. But it's, yeah, it's great. It's two great tournaments on kind of almost opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of. Yeah what you need to do for a mini golf tournament. Well, and that's what we're trying to do with the AMA is we really want a good mix of courses. Cause if you look at the two that we're running between Matterhorn and the one at Lilliput, if you get a 43 at Matterhorn, that's a pretty good round. If you get a 43 at Lilliput, you've set the course for record. <laughs> like Sean Brown, who won our miniest open last year, had a 46 and he's one of two people that I've ever seen get a 40 on that course. They made some repairs and they fixed it up and we're going to make some videos and it'll play better this year. But that's a higher scoring course than, say, you who told me what you got in your league last week at Matterhorn much yeah. or this week, I guess. This week, 37, 3740, which... That's that's winning tournament pace right there. And I and I want to say that in the $1,000 tournament, I think rounds were coming in in the low 30s, right? They were. With yeah, 19 a little holes. skewed because you're playing 19 holes. But yeah, I mean, it was like 32, 31. I don't think anybody got to the 20s, but you could no. on that course. Yeah. I mean, I think I got a 36 and 37 and over 19 holes. Like, that's a solid round on a course that you that I learned that day. So if you're thinking about it, you're not sure, come on out. I got two hours of practice last year and I did great. And my wife had one of the two best rounds in the first round and had just practiced that morning. So maybe things will fall your way and like Pat, you win it. <laughs> and I practiced all the day beforehand and tied with Tom. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> that's that's mini golf. Um, so those are the two main ones we wanted to talk about. Those of you that have listened to every episode, we've probably heard us touch on some of the tournaments that happened across the spring and the early part of the summer. But we want to recap it since this is such a mini golf heavy podcast to go through them. And our second AMA tournament of the year was the MC Mini Masters. That tournament happened at the end of June on the 25th. 
over six rounds on four different, no, five different courses. It was supposed to be six. There was a rain delay. We ended up playing two rounds at Kristoff's and Round Lake Beach, Illinois. We played two rounds at the different courses at America's Action Territory in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and finished off with two rounds at Parking. Kristoff's was the only course we actually played the same 18 holes twice. The MC Mini Masters is put on by Mick Cullen, who was a holy moly winner. And this is the 25th anniversary of running this day-long tournament that starts at like 8 and ends at 10 at Parking. Mick came close. was literally down to the last hole, which they use instead of the roulette wheel that's super random at Parking. They have a built hole that has a chance for between an ace and a three. Mick ended up getting a two and... Er, Tom ended up getting a two and, or I forget how it happened. It happened, whatever way it happened. (laughs) I forget what happened, but I know it came down to the last hole and Mick ended up losing by one stroke to who's now the eight time MC mini masters champion, Tom Schweiss. And in third place, because Mick Cullen lost by one was his son, Tommy, who was two strokes behind at 19 under par. And in fourth place was me. So we had a Tom, a Tommy, and a Tom in the last group. All of us named Thomas. And I found out that Tommy's middle name is Robert as well as mine. So a lot of weird name things that statistically has probably never happened in a mini golf tournament final four ever before. And if you want to find out more about the MC Mini Masters, just go back, what, two episodes on the feed here and you can hear us talk with Mick all about ins and outs of how that tournament came to be and the details around it. And we have the results on the event page on the AMA website at amaminigolf.com and list all of the number of prizes they gave away, everything from Rookie of the Year, Best Trust, which is won by my wife, and uh, the people who won each of the courses, and the people who took the most strokes and got the most bang for their buck. So that was the MC Mini Masters. We also had the first major tournament of the Putters League Atlanta put on by Brian Akers in the Atlanta area at Area 51 in Roswell, Georgia. And that was won by the USPMGA Pro and seasoned mini golf pro in general, Gary Hester. He came out, played the first tournament, and won out. And I think there was a big putt-putt tournament. The Nationals was happening that weekend in the area as well. So happened to be there. Funny enough, a tournament that had happened not that long before then, probably end of June, the Salty Seagull course up in Door County, Wisconsin. Gary Hester won that tournament as well. Traveled all the way up there and won a thousand bucks in their first tournament that they've ever run. So that's a little bit of the recap of some of the earlier summer tournaments. I'm going to turn over to Pat to one that uh, we both know pretty well. Yeah. And before that, though, Gary, I would not be surprised if we see him winning a major tournament at some point. He's always like top two or three. So not surprising that he picked up a couple local wins there. So, yeah, we played the Odita Mini Golf Classic in early June. This is the tournament that's run by a friend of the pod. And we'll talk a little bit more about his website, Squeaky Bagel, later on. Gary Schiff. I've known Gary my entire competitive life. He's really responsible for getting me into competitive mini golf. He revived um, kind of a tournament we he used to have in the fall called the Fall Classic. We actually took it over from the Putting Penguin for a couple of years. 
Uh, now it's back. Uh, the course has been recarpeted for like the second or third time since I've played it. Again, Harris style course, no metal cups though. Uh, so if you're shooting, you know, high thirties, you were doing pretty well on that course. Um, and new for turf. the most part. Yep. New turf. So like four weeks old, new, new turf by the time we were playing. Uh, and it was good. It had a good turnout. He had a pro and amateur division and, on the pro side, a local Connecticut golfer, also an AMA member, Matt Lyles, uh, picked up what I believe is his first tournament win. So nice. he's been hanging around. Again, he's been putting for a long time, too. Probably gotten back into it a little bit more recently, more seriously. So great to see that. And on the amateur side, well, somebody important won that. My wife, um, Robin wife. Schwartzman. And the, uh, yeah, so we had talked a little bit about that. So two AMA members winning those two divisions, which was pretty cool. And then, if correct me if I'm wrong, was it Bill Mezier was second in the pro division and Justin Seymour third at Odita? No, uh, nope. I think they were third and fourth, and Steve Barrett, I believe, was That's second. That's right. That's Another right. Another local who's played that course probably a thousand times and has always been up there. So it was actually really, I hadn't seen Steve in a while cause we haven't had a tournament there. So it was great to see that he was still top form at that course. So yep. Bill and then Justin, and then I was fifth and you were sixth six by right? one yeah. stroke. I thought I was going to yeah. get a chance to tie you, <laughs> but you, you did. But if you, I messed you, up that last putt. Well, if you messed with the last putt, but I thought you had to get it in order <laughs> for us to make that putt to tie. So I, I'd made a video that I never got to share. <laughs> I'm sure I'll never share it. It wasn't like anything exciting, but I won $25. Yeah. So I tied the aces only round that wasn't Justin who won money. So that was cool. I have it. I have it in my drawer. <laughs> Here it is. Look at that. All of the people Beautiful. who are watching the podcast, they have $24 in my drawer. A 20 and a five was put up on the screen. It's great media there. Yeah. So we moved from all of our more local stuff to some of the big heavy hitter worldwide and national things. Uh, we talked a little bit about the World Adventure Golf Masters that was held in mid-June over in Finland. The big winner there was Aki Silman, who cleaned up from a overall winner perspective, the men's general class, one with his teammate in mixed pairs and one with Team Finland, the team portion of the competition. So I believe that was four gold medals for him. Not too shabby. Uh, Finland cleaned up with a little bit of home course advantage. U.S. did take home one medal. Uh, Vanette Block got bronze, right? Mm -hmm. Bronze in the the senior women's um, division, and that's that's her like second or third medal in that division over the years. So, mm -hmm. also an AMA member. So pretty cool about that as well. Actually, I believe we have talked about this. The entire Team USA were AMA members this year, which was pretty cool. So that is correct. Congrats to them. Uh, next year, it's going to be held roughly the same time again, mid June, and it's going to be in Austria. So looking forward to that. And if you're curious about the course, I would greatly encourage you to check out Mini Golf Frank's YouTube video. He did an entire playthrough video of the whole course while people are practicing. Frank Bassesi, we had him on the podcast a while back, does a great walk through the course. And he had a pretty good showing for his first time around playing in that tournament. I strongly encourage checking out all of his videos over in Europe. There's some really interesting looking courses. And if you want some other conversations about Wagam, big fan of the 54 Problems podcast. They did a great podcast talking about it, 
how people did. They even did an interview with the company that designed the course, City Golf, on their most recent podcast. So if you want to get really into the nerdy mini golf world like we are internationally, another great podcast to check out. And you can find the live stream of the last day mm. on the Wagam 2022 Facebook page. So if you just search Wagam 2022, um, it'll bring you to the YouTube page of the local Finnish club, which I cannot pronounce for the life of me. But it's a live stream of the the final round, which was the top 18 players, and then the mixed pairs in a uh, very rainy, rainy day. So probably mm. not showing off it the best, but I mean, still amazing putting for what the conditions were. Uh, so moving from there back, I think it was just a week in the calendar was the world crazy golf championship, which is held in Hastings in the UK. Uh, it has, it's an incredibly huge tournament. It's grown over the years. It has the distinction of having the most unique final round. Mm -hmm. Um, so the top 18 competitors make a cut. You play, you know, what I would call normal competition where, you hole out, tee off, hole out until you get to the final round where you're playing more like you would play with your friends on a mini golf course, all balls in play. And the interesting thing about it is you get three balls out there. It's the person furthest away who has to go first. So a little bit of like regular golf thrown in there. So potential blocking strategies, either intentionally or accidentally mm -hmm. it makes for some interesting watches, but, um, the ultimate winner ended up being Adam Kelly, who finally dethroned Mark Chapman, who had won it three times in a row Which is wild. and came in second. Um, so obviously he knows what he's doing on that course, knows what he's doing in that championship. Uh, we talked about Frank already. He came in top 10. Um, I think he's been, if he's, I don't know if he's been the only U.S. player to ever play in that tournament because I don't know the full history of it, but at least recently. Yeah. He's been the only U.S. Um, representative there, and to do that well with that level of competition on that course is just awesome. So congrats to him. That's another one that's held pretty much the same time every year in that mid-June period. Um, so keep an eye out on the various different Facebook pages. The British Mini Golf Association is another one to follow for information, and that's that's on my bucket list. I'm, I'm going to yeah. get over there one of these years. I have it on my calendar for 2023. I really want to get to it. The like, like I said, the 54 Problems podcast, another shout out to them. They did a great interview with Ed Pope from the BMGA. Is that right? BMGA, British Mini Golf yes, Association. Yep. Yeah. Trying to keep all of these acronyms <laughs> correct. But uh, great podcast where he talked about competitive world over there. And they actually had a podcast with Adam Kelly, who had won the world crazies this year so want to learn more about it you'll learn some a lot of different ways that people talk about mini golf just by listening to the podcast that you might not be familiar with in the u.s that if you're a curious person like me is a really great listen so give it a listen absolutely and then the last uh wrap-up tournament we want to talk about the u.s pmj had their first of two real majors it was the u.s open it was held in may it was held at mossy creek mini golf in jefferson city tennessee and it's a course that i think it's another harris course I've, I've been really meeting to get down there for one of their tournaments and the u.s open just didn't work out this year unfortunately uh kyle by all 
aspects is a great owner there. Mm -hmm. And so we've played with him some at the masters and stuff. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, we'll talk a little bit more about them and some upcoming stuff, but the big story there was Olivia Prokopova. Every time I screw it up the first (laughs) time I say it, that's why we just call her Olivia. We should just call her the, the, I don't know, the overlord of mini golf in the United States because she won what is now her fifth U.S. Open. So by far the champion of, I think, 25. So she's won 20% of the U.S. Opens. Um, She won it by one stroke, is the second major in a row that she's also won. She won the Masters in the fall also by one stroke. And I feel like there's just there really isn't more than a 12 month period that goes by that she's not winning a major tournament, which is just unbelievable from the sad part about it is she's still like 25 or 26. And so she's been winning tournaments from the time she's like 12 or 13. She's now a mother. She is younger than me, which means she probably won't retire from mini golf until after I do, which means I am in for a lifetime of losing to Olivia at major tournaments, but I love it because if you ever get a chance to watch her play, I mean, it is just, it's amazing how good she can putt. And it, this was another one where she looked like she was out, not out of it. She's never really out of it, but she ended up sending, I think, a course record in round like five or six to just throw herself right back in it. And you're like, all right, well, it, it's, it is, it is not an unfair comparison to say that she is the Tiger Woods of professional miniature golf, the way she plays just that. She's never out of it. Peak Tiger, it was the same way. Like he was never out of it. So. When she wears the she wears red she wears on the red the, on sun on the final championship day. day. So yeah, you know, she's she's picking the right role models, that's for sure. Yeah. So we will see what she does in the Masters this year. And uh I'll be there for it. So that's that's our wrap up of the tournaments over the past couple months. So that's the not not all of them, the ones we want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, and that and and the goal is, is that we're gonna talk about some of these tournaments again, just to give a little bit more details, talk about some potential extra prizes and some of the sponsors that we have on for the AMA. But for the moment, uh, we wanted to mention some other upcoming mini golf tournaments. And the biggest thing we can say is just go to the Squeaky Bagels website run by Gary Schiff. There are all sorts of ways you can pull out the list of competitive tournaments versus charity tournaments. You want to see the putt-putt tournaments. You want to see the USPMGA, AMA, what have you tournaments. They're there. There's a bunch of tournaments, honestly, the last time I looked, I had no idea that they were happening in the Midwest. And one of them that was on that list, going back to the course that we just talked about, Mossy Creek in Jefferson City, they have a Players' Championship on the 30th of July that you can check out. And they have a number of other events coming up there as well. So check those out. The next event after that that I had on my list, since I won't be able to get to the main open, I'm going to go to something more regionally that same weekend. I'm going to be going to the 2022 Red Putter Pro Tournament. It is the 20th anniversary of this tournament held in Ephraim, I believe is the name of the city, in Door County, Wisconsin. It's like... If Green Bay is a bit of a distance from Milwaukee, this is further north and on a peninsula. It's an area known for Door County cherries and people from Milwaukee and Chicago going up there just to like hang out at the cabin and the beach. And it's really nice. And there's also this great, what you'd probably call a crazy golf course that's got 
old barns and a little church hit through and some pipe play and one of those holes with like the um one of the holes where you can have the log over the cup and can oh, knock yeah. the ball the way. I don't know if that's be used in the tournament, but I'm gonna find out because I'm gonna make the trip. And unless something crazy happens and I don't qualify, I'll be playing on August 6th. It's gonna be three rounds. I expect that uh there'll be a handful of people from the pro division and the USPMGA since it's one of their tournaments. I believe there is two thousand dollars for the top prize. So uh someone's gonna win that. I sure would like to win that. I don't expect to win it. It's my first time playing the course, but I'm excited to be there and to check out the area. If you happen to not be in the Jersey Shore on August 14th and you happen to be at Sun River Resort in Sun River, Oregon, there's the Amateur Putting Tour event. Amateur so if you happen to be on the inc- entire opposite side of the country. <laughs> if you're on the opposite side of the country, uh, met with and chatted with Nick from the Amateur Putting Tour. What they're doing is they're putting together a series of events that are being held on real grass putting courses. Many of them just kind of putting greens where they lay out a course. And they're going to have a big tournament at Thistle Dew in Pinehurst, North Carolina. It's named after the original or what some people call the original mini golf course that was in someone's yard. And I played it. It's an interesting real grass putting course. And so the amateur putting tour has all of these qualifying events leading up to their big event in the fall. I think it's cool. More people are doing putting events in a lot of different ways out there. So support them. And the last shout out, because this is still going to be in the month of August, the Shack mini golf tournament And course championship is going to be on the 28th of August in Mannheim, PA. It's being put on by a fellow USPMGA pro, Scott Klein. I had the pleasure of sharing three rounds with him over on Hawaiian Rumble, including my wonderful round of 30. So I'll never forget that and playing with Scott. Really nice guy. We had given him some advice just about how to organize his own tournament. That's a big thing that we're really interested in doing with the American Mini Golf Alliance. It's not part of the circuit this year, but... We just really want people to get competitive mini golf going at their own course and have it open and inviting people. And that's what he's doing at his home course. I'm bummed that I probably won't get a play out at that course this year, but hopefully down the road, that can be something we can uh, all get out and play. But uh, like I said, Squeaky Bagel, you're going to find more than enough options there to satisfy your mini golf needs. So with that, we're going to wrap up with our Big Thoughts mini golf for this episode. I could play mini golf all day. One of the guys I play with in the league who just last year really got into competitive mini golfing told me that this week as we were going around the course. And honestly, I couldn't agree more. We went on to talk about how there weren't more leagues or tournaments, given it's such a fun sport to play. And as Tom really just alluded to, that's what we're working with on the AMA. And I think the important part that he got around to really talking about was that we always want to continue to emphasize the fun of it because it's something that's fun enough to play all day. As Tom would know, it's hard to shoot hoops all day. It's hard to shag fly balls all day. It's hard to go bowling all day. But mini golf, well, as Mick would tell you, you could do it 24 hours in a day. So go out there, have some fun. Maybe you'll find a day where all you do is just play mini golf. Wouldn't that be nice? And with that, we're at the 19th hole. So until next time, putt one ready.
Nice.